Welcome to On Texas Football, Tuesday night's live stream. How you guys doing? Uh, we're going to get to a bunch of questions tonight. Uh, we're going to talk a little recruiting action. Longhorn's picking up a nice commitment. Jerry and I are, have been talking about that all day, but really. A uh, nice commitment because it just fits so well for what Texas needs to keep a, a, a team strength, a team strength. Uh, we also have Blake Monroe here. We're going to talk a little bit more spring game. Blake and, uh, was at the spring game. He uh, partook in all the festivities. <laughs> he took his uh, 10-year-old uh, oh. and was in line to get the autographs from everybody. I saw, then, I saw him uh, in line for autographs, and he was holding a Tylenol bottle. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to talk a little bit about the spring game. Jerry also has some news on uh, from uh, basketball recruiting. Uh, Longhorns, I think, uh, lost someone today to the portal to Baylor. Uh, but we'll get to all of that and more. Uh, Jerry and, and Blake, let's start though with Trill Carter because I do, I still think uh, you can't say enough good things about what Texas did by going and getting this guy from Minnesota. Frankly, Mora Ojomo was more valuable than people realized last year. Keandre Coburn was a three to four year starter reps kind of guy. Those are two of your better defenders. And you know that you, st you finally stopped the run last year, right? Yeah. With PK. You got to be able to do that again so that those guys behind them, uh, the secondary looks particularly good, but you got to stop the run so those guys can go make plays. I, I just feel like this one like fit like a glove. Jerry, Blake, what do you guys think? I think it's a great pickup. Um, it kind of goes back to what we said. You know, you want to get starter level players from the portal. And this is a starter level player that's not going to start for Texas. But when he comes in, he was honorable mention all Big Ten last year. And he was honorable mentioned by the coaches with only 19 tackles and one and a half sacks. So if you kind of dig into that, that means the coaches thought that guy was really good at his job without being productive on a stat sheet. That is what Texas needs. Um, you know, like you said, Bobby, they lost talent and experience against the run. I think Texas is going to be more disruptive. Byron Murphy, Alfred Collins had somebody close to the program say the Alfred Collins we saw this spring looks like the guy that some people in the office watched when they were at Alabama when Nick Saban was recruiting them. So that's how much Alfred Collins impressed Sarkeesian, Flood, and Summit Banks and some of those guys this spring. Uh, so they're going to be more disruptive. But Texas wants a six-man rotation, right? And I think they have four really solid guys now uh, with Murphy, Sweat, um, Alfred Collins, and Trill Carter. Then you get to Vernon Broughton and you get the Sadir Mitchell, and you get the Aaron Bryant. Zach Swanson's a year away weight-wise. Jare Bledsoe still could be inside, outside. We'll have to see. But I think they went a long way. They got better yesterday with Trill Carter. And he's a two-year player, which I actually love, because he's, he could have more of an impact next year as a starter than this year as a role player. I, I Jerry, you play against Texas Tech, and they run 95 plays? Yes. You don't think this guy won't help you? Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's the bottom line. I mean – this, this guy will will help uh, win football games, uh, win healthy. Blake, your thoughts? Yeah, I think Jerry, you know, pretty much hit the nail on the head with the hammer there. I mean, you know, not only depth, but it's not just a depth piece like we saw in, in Sark's first year. I mean, this is somebody that can come in and really give them, a, I guess, a, a rest easy moment when he does come in, not having to worry about him, you know. And he's, he's there. He's talented, as Jerry said. Uh, honorable mention all conference and so yeah i think he'll he'll definitely make an impact at texas that's for sure i want to yeah, add, add one i want to add one more thing real quick i've never linked 
a D tackle interview from college to all, to inside Texas on a thread before. Texas is getting a guy who was a three-time All Big Ten academic guy. They can put this guy in front of a mic, and he sounds like a guy that's played a lot of football and is a guy you want to put in front of your program and talk about your team. I think it's even more than just what we're going to see on the field with him. I think this is a great locker room ad. I think Aaron R. hits the nail on the head here too, guys. We don't need any more Halls or Billingsley. I don't know that Billingsley was that big of a distraction, but Hall certainly was. Um, you know, and and that's just one of those things I, I think we have to be uh, cognizant of. And, and Texas, this I, I want to talk more about uh, what they've done in the portal in just a second. First, we need to say thanks to our sponsor uh, each and every Tuesday night on the live stream. Uh, it's Energy Texas. Uh, the guys from EnergyTexas.com uh, are your service provider of choice uh, if you have a, have a choice for your energy provider. They are from Texas. It's from Texas by Texas. Uh, if you are from the state and trying to look into new energy prices, give them a call. Uh, it, it is 855-461-1129 or www.energytexas.com. Again, not back east, not overseas, Texas. Take care now. All right, Jerry, Blake, uh, we've talked about the portal. Uh, this makes five total for the Longhorns, uh, added to three of whom we saw this weekend, or actually two of whom. We only saw Gavin Holmes uh, as well as uh, Gavin Holmes as well as A.D. Mitchell. Uh, I put out a poll question uh, over the uh, last night uh, about who people thought would be uh, the uh, most impactful transfer for Texas. And based on the spring game, look at that. It's amazing what a one-handed catch will do for you. <laughs> <laughs> no yeah. doubt, right? But hey, he did more than the one-handed catch. Too. Right, no doubt. I mean, he no was doubt. a – he. what do you have, four catches in the first half alone? Yeah. Um, after seeing – I will say this. After witnessing the punt game, I'm somewhat surprised Ryan Sanborn didn't get at least 10%. It's, on, it's beca only because I got 100 votes out of the 1.4K on there. <laughs> they cut me off after 100 votes. <laughs> That's so true. I thought, you know, special teams, you just can't really tell much right. uh, because they're not going to let you truly return a kick or truly return a punt. However, uh, the kickoffs looked fine. The punt game did not. It looked like it needed a dose of uh, uh, help. In a, in a large, large way on Saturday. Yeah, the good thing is unless a coach can return a punt, that was uh, we're safe with that <laughs> because they were all going off the side of the foot. Not very yeah, I was going to say a couple of them, a couple of them hit the benches, right? <laughs> yeah, strength coaches beware. Hey Blake, uh, I'm going to take your get your take on this. Five uh, guys coming in uh, through the portal thus far for Texas. Uh, anybody in particular you're interested to see? Uh, out, of, out of this group, I know Trill Carter's the latest, but we got to see both A.D. Mitchell and Gavin Holmes. Holmes uh, broke up a nice pass against Jonte Cook uh, in man coverage with Arch Manning at quarterback. Uh, we did not get to see Jalen Catalan. And, of course, Ryan Sanborn, the punter from Stanford, doesn't show up until May. You're, what, what are you looking at here in this group and, and just seeing for yourself? 
Yeah, I, I mean, as far as most impactful that I think through the upcoming season is Catalan, if he can stay healthy, number one, and then Sanborn as well, because, I mean, we know there's some punting woes, obviously, um, and special teams are a huge part of, of, of the game, you know, and so either one of those guys, I don't think you can go wrong with with an answer. I mean, all five of them, obviously, are, are quality players, don't get me wrong, but a healthy Catalan's, Catalan is a difference maker, and then Sanborn just is a better punting option than what we've currently seen. Hey, you you know what I see in this guys and Jerry, I want to get your take to here. I see Ryan Sanborn as a better punter than Daniel Trejo. AD Mitchell is a better receiver than whoever Texas would have went with outside uh, as a third receiver last year. Jalen Catalan is if healthy better than Anthony cook. I mean, yeah, and then you had Gavin Holmes and Trill Carter. You don't really know how they compare to the predecessors per se because you haven't seen enough. But that's Texas improving and not getting any younger either. I mean, mm-hmm. that that's they they are going to be a better football team at those three positions next year. Hey, no question. And look, I, I think I think I would put it even between Catalong and Ad Mitchell if I was voting seriously. Uh, Catalong's a f- all American when he was healthy. I mean, you, there aren't not many players that transfer into a new program that was an All American before. <laughs> you know, maybe an FCS All American, but not an All American out of the SEC. I mean, that is a he's always going to be undervalued until he hits the field healthy, because I think the ma- the majority of the fan base just questions how much they're going to see of him. Ad Mitchell is just as big. Because the, just the one-handed catch he made, a receiver making a play for a Texas quarterback. There weren't enough of them last year. That's what Quinn Ewers, whoever's out there, needs. Um, what I love about this group, though, is we'll see on A.D. Mitchell. Troy Carter's a two-year guy. Holmes is a two-year guy. A.D. Mitchell could be a two-year guy. So three of those five could be two-year players. Uh, Sanborn, the interesting thing about him when I was really scrubbing his bio, uh, bio after Saturday's punt fest and DKR was, um, eight to 10 on field goals in his career. And he kicked off as a red shirt, as a freshman in 2019, had 14 touchbacks and 27 kickoffs. So while he's the punter, if there's an injury at kicker or Will Stone, you, ha- you are void there. You have a guy who's done it before and Sanborn's hit a 48 yarder in a game as field goal kicker. So he is a punter, one, two, and three. But if there's an injury in the kicking game, you can slide him in, and there's not going to be a huge drop-off. All right. Uh, let's let's take that down, Matt, that uh, that, that graphic down. But I, thanks for everybody that participated in that survey because that helps us uh, get a sense of what everybody is thinking, by the way. I mean, Jerry and I and Blake all like to see that uh, because we have our own ideas, but sometimes it's good to, to see what the community thinks as well. So we can actually direct the conversation and, and get going. Um, next thing I want to talk about, we're talking about portal here, Jerry, and, and we're going to start taking y'all's questions at around the 15 minute mark. So please get your questions in. Uh, we've got uh, a lot of time to go. We've got a lot of free time here to talk about different things. Uh, but I want to first take this question and get it going because the reality of it is we talk about incoming portal players, right, Jerry and Blake? Mm-hmm. There's going to be outgoing ones. Xavier Delgado. When will we start hearing about Texas guys transferring? Has Sark done post-spring interviews? Well, he hasn't done it with all 85 or whatever the number is right now on campus, 75, right? 
Um, he did do some yesterday that I'm aware of. Yep. Those guys are all coming back as of right now that I'm aware of. You know, who all those are, I'm not going to get into that because I don't think that's fair. Uh, and I don't know all of whom he spoke to. I just know some of them. Uh, but that being said, I do think uh, there's some news is going to trickle out over the next couple of days. Hopefully, uh, Texas is, does a good job of, of keeping the guys that they need to keep. Uh, I personally would like to see them probably keep just about everybody. I, I just feel like Sark made a comment um, on Thursday of last week that he felt like the team was starting to feel like his team. And that's a delicate balance, right? You, you know, you want uh, you want that team chemistry and you want guys around that that really feel it. Um, and if he's got a good locker room, I think that's part of the process. You don't want to lose too much of the good locker room, no matter if they're second, third team, whatever it is. Yeah, no question about it. I mean, and you picked up on the same thing I did. It seems, and, and people we've talked to as well, Texas is very happy with how things went this spring, as in excited. Um, definitely felt a difference from talking to people about their thoughts on this team versus last year's team even. Um, so when you get to that point and, and, and you look around in, your, in their coaches' meeting and say, yeah, we really like where we're at. We like where we're headed here. Like you said, Bobby, you don't want, you don't want too many guys exiting. Um, and and here's, here's the other takeaway from that is um, as much as they like where they're at, I'm going to put something out on Inside Texas in the morning. They got a lot more talent coming in in June. Um, so I, I just really think this staff – is excited about where they're at. I I think they love the depth they're building. Um, and, and that's the only thing if, if three, four di different kids leave is maybe it hit you on depth a little bit, right? But uh, I think that they really like where they're headed. I think they love their early enrollees, that buy-in, more than the talent, just how they practiced, how they worked, right? And and the transfer guys. And I think when all that stuff starts meshing together, coaching staffs get really excited, especially if they have the talent level to go win 10-plus games. Yeah, I, I feel like it's just one of those things that we all – you have to be cognizant of everything going on. I mean, uh, one of the things that Sark, I believe, has done a particularly good job of, especially the last 12 months, really, 12, 16 months, after the end of last of that five and seven season, and he got going in recruiting that year, I felt like he's done a really, really masterful almost job of building the roster. And so you don't want to see him take hits to that, right? At the same time, you know this is college football 2023. Hits are going to come. You just have to be ready um, for those. I, th I think they've done a really good job in the portal thus far. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think Texas is a good place to go to school, good place to learn how to play football. They Texas has done some development with its existing roster with these coaches as well. And I think that's that helps them too. And by the way, I, I think we should bring this up, and, and I'll let Blake get to his comment. But I think it's important to bring up too. If if Texas retains the vast majority of their guys, I think that's a really good sign for Sark and his staff. Because just look at what's happened the last two days. Bear Alexander is a maybe starter at Georgia. Had two or three tackles for loss in the national championship game. He leaves. TCU lost Jordan Hudson. Kyron Chambers and another corner today, maybe two guys that played in a national championship game. It's not good enough. 
they're being record, recruited off those teams and into the portal. If the vast majority of these guys stay, I think that's a very good sign for Sark saying this is our team. I feel good about this team. To that point, Bobby, the cohesion. Because people are trying to rip these kids out of the Texas program. If guys are leaving the national title game that are probable starters, that's where we're at in college football. Blake? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, in in a what have you done for me lately or what can you do for me lately world, the fact that he's keeping the, you know, main majority of these of these guys on a team. And not only that, in the transfer portal, I mean, instead of going for quantity and getting quality, I think those two things right there are just the recipe for success. I mean, it, it seems to be on the right track. That's for sure. Got it. All right. Speaking with uh, Jerry Hamilton and Blake Monroe of InsideTexas.com. Uh, this is uh, the Tuesday night Longhorn live stream brought to you by Energy Texas. Uh, Jerry, Blake, y'all ready to take some questions the it. rest of the way? Let's get going. Okay. I, I want to take this one, Jerry. No. <laughs> Here we go. You ready for this? From Z Bread. Is Bear Alexander a real possibility for Texas, even with them picking up Carter? If so, how long till he makes a decision? I talked to somebody on the Georgia side today um, and talked to somebody on the Texas side. Uh, everything's pointing USC. His guardian coach, whatever, was at the USC spring game Saturday. Um, uh, the other school you hear a lot about is Miami. Uh, then you hear a little bit about Oregon. But really, it's USC Miami. I just don't look. I mean, we mentioned Ajay Hall earlier, four high schools, four years transferring out from at the time the best program in college football, Alabama. Georgia's now surpassed him. This guy just left the best program in college football. He's won two national championships in a row. You had a, you helped winning one. You went to four high schools in four years. I like Bear. I know Bear. I just, with what Sark's saying about my team, I think that's an important thing to remember. He likes how this team is coming together. Got it. All right. Let's keep going here. <laughs> Jerry, let me take this with Jerry from Peyton Ross. Jerry, remember when I asked if Hill would be used like Parsons? Hey, not a bad. If that's the comparison, we're all happy. <laughs> and he's talking about Anthony Hill compared to Micah Parsons, uh, the beast that plays for the Cowboys. Played out exactly like it that, it seemed to me. Thoughts? I tell you what, there's... That you, I mean, I'm going to say this. Micah Parsons is a unicorn a little bit, mm -hmm. right? I mean, he's a Hall of Famer, probably. Yeah, potentially, yeah, he's a potential gold jacket guy. Yeah. So for me to even say, wow, there's some comparison there, strictly because, I mean, he can play linebacker and get after the passer. I mean, I, I know he's not Micah Parsons yet, but, I mean, I Jerry, Blake, I, I thought he played like lights out for a true freshman. Go ahead, Blake. Uh, yeah, definitely. I, I thought he played really, really well. He was one of the ones that impressed me the most on Saturday. And just that see ball, get ball roll, you know, I mean, just turn him loose, especially that freshman year. Don't let him think too much and just let him get after it. Yep. Peyton, thank you for yeah, that. I think uh, what Jerry? I think what's going to I think what's going to give. I was going to say, I think what's going to give Anthony Hill. I thought about this watching the spring game Saturday, really in the second half is what's going to give Anthony Hill the ability for them to move him around and really turn him loose is having Jalen Ford in the middle, right? Having experienced guys in the secondary. Um, because if you're going to move him around and you're going to kind of turn him loose, 
the experienced players around him, you have to know they're going to be in the right place at the right time. Right, Bobby? I mean, that's my take. The other take is he's such a natural blitzer. To me, a natural uh, linebacker that just has an instinctive blitzing characteristic to them is timing on the snap and then playing off the hip of a defensive lineman. Just understanding that angle and how to hide a little bit, then explode to the ball. And I think he's shown both of those things. Impressive. Prayden, thank you so much for the super chat. Good job, uh, Peyton. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, appreciate it, man. And and good for you to, to grab this. Jay, Jay the Activist, what's going on with Rodney Terry? Whiff after whiff. He lost the guy to Baylor today, Jerry. Give give the people a little uh, update. Yeah, that's one where Texas, they got in him a little late. Um, you know, until Arterio Morris decided he was going to transfer, Texas wasn't really going to go after Jaden Nunn. Then when that happened, they had to turn the heat up there. Baylor had been on him since the day he went into the portal. At Baylor played VCU last year. Um, so they had a pretty good feeling about Jaden Nunn, how he'd fit with that team. Look, basketball recruiting is not for the faint of heart. That's all I can tell you. I mean, the kid was at Baylor Thursday, Friday. Then he went to Texas Saturday, Sunday. I heard positive things for Baylor before the Texas visit, positive things for Texas after the Texas visit. Then Baylor turns around and goes up to Flint, Michigan, and meets with his parents the day after they left to go to uh, left Texas. And that thing turned again. So, uh, obviously, NIL is involved. There's a lot of things going on in college basketball. It's a mad dash right now. Um, and Texas has got a little pressure now to come away with some other guys. Max Abmus, uh, the uh, Caden Shedrick, the big man from Virginia, is on campus right now. Max Abmus is expected on campus uh, shortly. Not today. I'm just saying shortly in the near future. Uh, but they got a, they got some holes to fill. And, you know, uh, Dylan DeSue's got a decision coming up, which I think is leaning towards Texas. Tyrese Hunter, I think, is getting some feedback from the NBA that would push him to return for another year. Uh, but he's still got to do that. You're going through the process, right? So, but Texas has three, four, or five holes to fill here. They got to get them from the portal. And again, the portal closes May 11th. So there's a little more pressure now, which each guy that doesn't go Texas way. Uh, they've got to get. They've got to get it because they lost so many. Jerry, seven yeah. guys is that total off of this team? They only have one recruit right now with Ron Holland. Yeah, uh, they've got to get some guys. Rodney Terry does and get this uh, stuff going. Oh, man, thank you so much. That's uh, nice. I still don't want to say your name, though. I can't say the name. He's going to keep up in the press until you say the name, Bobby. <laughs> All right, Nick, that's a good – it's for a good laugh. Though. Nick V, go ahead. Uh, uh, Blake, why don't you ask this one? All right, Nick V says, I've asked this before, and I know Sark usually plays three wide receivers, but there is too much talent to not have at least something that resembles a rotation. Y'all's thoughts? I think there's going to be some more rotating. The better – I mean, he did – I, here, here's the reality. He rotated more at Alabama than he did at Texas last year. I mean, and he had three, four first-round picks at Alabama. So I think Sark's all about winning games. And when the drop-off isn't as steep, he's more likely to do that. I, I will say this, Jonte Cook has a chance to be really good. DeAndre Moore has a chance to be really good. You've got Isaiah Nayor still in, in tow. you got to wait to see how he does. And then you have your top three, right now at least, of A.D. Mitchell, Jordan Whittington, and Xavier Worthy. I think the more true top-end guys he has, the more likely there's going to be a very real rotation. Jerry, do you agree? Yeah. And I think something else plays into it. Yes, the job is to win games. Um, but we all – look, how much have we talked about the transfer portal and NIL here at the beginning of the show – 
DeAndre Moore and Jontae Cook have to get reps this year. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. These guys don't come in to sit for a year. So, but they're also at the talent level too. I mean, look, DeAndre Moore had the drop. I was sitting in the end zone looking. He had he looked back on the post route directly into the sun. Jontae's was different because he was streaking down the right sideline. Moore's got tremendous hands. I, I think we saw enough from him, and he's got a little sneaky ability after the catch. Jontae Cook has some quickness that only Worthy has on the roster at wide receiver. I think those guys are going to play. Um, and and I'm not saying they're Moore's cutting into Whittington snaps. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm, I agree with you, Bobby. There's more talent at the position. There's more future draft pick talent at the position if they do it right. So you're going to see more of those guys this year. Uh, we did see one empty set. Uh, on uh, Saturday as well. We saw a couple of four wide receiver sets, but mostly three wide receivers, a tight end, and one back. So 11 uh, personnel overall. Nick V, thank you very much for, for that question. Uh, we appreciate it. Let's go to the next one here. Um, go ahead, Blake. All right, KD35, I am the best ask. Is Texas going to pursue Washington Edge, Savelle Smalls? No, that they're not. Uh, he didn't even play much against Texas. In the in the uh, Alamo Bowl, so he's not a guy for Texas. There are guys out there that, that Derek McClendon, the defensive end from Florida State, that's most likely going to South Carolina, would be a guy Texas would would be interested in. But right now, it's 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 slow going. They are still monitoring the portal as we speak uh, for those edge guys. But no interest in Savelle Smalls. He's just not a productive enough player uh, from a, a pretty off of a really pretty good Washington team overall. All right, I'm going to go with this one uh, from Ekim Jerry. Is Texas going after tight end Elijah Brown since there isn't a tight end from the Hawkeyes <laughs> program in the portal? <laughs> um, I've not, you know, I've not heard about uh, any tight end in the portal, Bobby. I don't know about yourself on that one. I, I Here's what I've heard at this point, Jerry, is that they are interested in primarily a blocker if they're going to be interested right. at all. Um, and a lot of that has to do with numbers. A lot of that has to do with who comes available. Um, so it's contingent, right? I think is the best way to put that. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. All right, I'm going to go with this one. How many guys will we add in the portal total? Um, Blake, Texas is at 85 right now filled up if they have nobody portal out. So they can't have anybody portal in until that happens. You have to think that there's going to be some more maneuvering. I mean, it's just natural attrition on a football team not to only to only have three guys transfer out yeah. at midterm or at, at this term, which is what it's looking like as of right now with Derek Brown, Travell Johnson, and Brennan Thompson. 
Um, if, if they don't have any others, then what are they going to do? But you have to think they're going to have some, right? I mean, it's just odds are. Yeah, I agree with you there. I mean, at least a handful more. You know, I don't know what the exact number will be, but I would ex- I would think, in my opinion, just based on, you know, looking back at other classes, at least three or four more would be, I think, a understandable number. Gotcha. Um, all right. I want to say thank you. From O'Ray, howdy, gents. Two words, Malik Murphy. Man, so happy for the kid and his spring game. Hey, Blake, I'm going to ask, I'm going to go back to you on this because it was your first time seeing him live. Mm -hmm. Jerry and I have watched him in practice before. What were your initial thoughts on seeing a guy that you've heard a lot about but hadn't necessarily seen in person before? Yeah, I I was actually pretty surprised, pleasantly surprised, I guess I should say, uh, would be would be the correct term there. I, I thought that he did well. Obviously, we've heard tons about his arm strength and, you know, being able to get the ball down the field. But I, I really he poised in the pocket. I thought he looked good. You know, I mean, I didn't really know what to expect. So I, I guess you could say I kind of went in blind. Um, but I, I walked away feeling comfortable with naming a number two quarterback, you know, not worrying about it uh, to the point of him being an unknown, I guess, or, or if in the event, knock on wood, of course, that something happened to yours that, uh, you know, wonder what would happen. I think that Texas would be in a pretty good place still. Yep. Jerry, you, you and I have talked about um, our boy Malik Murphy at length and uh, always a ton of talent. He really seemed to put it all together on the field on Saturday very, very impressive showing, in my opinion. I, I think the one thing I was watching for with him, um, when you go through a mechanical overhaul, is do you revert back to what you've always done? Well, it's not a real game. He didn't wasn't taking snaps against Bam and Tuscaloosa, right? So it could be a little different. But he's kept his motion compact, right? He wasn't overstriding, stepping into throws. I think two issues he had. So one, Texas has done good work with him. But more importantly than that, he was open to making changes he had to make because he is a drop-back quarterback. Of the three quarterbacks, I think he's the least athletic outside the pocket. People are like, oh, really? Yeah, I think Arch is the most athletic guy outside the pocket of the three. I think he's mo- the most more of a pocket guy than all of them. Um, and for him to be willing to make those changes and understand why he has to make those changes – uh, that's that's really positive for him because that's kind of what you wonder about a quarterback when they come out that has to go through a mechanical overhaul is are they going to be coachable? Are they going to be able to take it to the field once they understand what they want, what they need to do? Then the other thing you pointed out, which I, I want to give Malik credit for this, um, his gamesmanship and his competitiveness. A lot of kids would have walked when Eli, when Arch signed. They would have walked. They'd have been out the door, especially in this day and age, Right. The fact that he stayed in there and wanted to compete against Arch Manning, knowing that Quinn Ewers is probably the starting quarterback, but stay in there and compete, um, that puts the kid on the right track to me. And, and I'm not saying he's going to be a starting quarterback at Texas. If it's at Texas or wherever he ends up, I think it puts him on the right track because he stayed into the fight and he showed some fight. And, and he's still got the portal. He's going to be a guy that people have to worry about. Oh, you that know, people especially are after that need showing. quarterbacks right now. <laughs> especially after that showing. All right. Need to say thank you to our uh, uh, advertiser and sponsor for this show, and that's Energy Texas. Uh, at Energy Texas, you get energy uh, that is a company that is in the state of Texas, from the state of Texas. When you call them uh, and you have a problem, 
you're actually calling people in the state of Texas, not back east, not overseas, uh, but Texas. If you need Energy Texas, uh, or if you need your power company uh, to be there for you at all times, uh, check out www.energytexas.com or call them 855-461-1129. Uh, one of our good friends uh, is uh, one of the guys there and uh, they have done a good job for my parents uh, down in Houston as well. So I uh, appreciate them being a sponsor of the show. All right, uh, let's keep going here and, and try to get this, got, trying to get this. We did a, Jerry, Jerry uh, uh, Justin Wells and I did a recruiting breakdown today on video for YouTube. Uh, and we only went over the offensive guys, the priority guys on offense, really, and tried to tell everybody about that. Um, Kobe Black, obviously a defensive back. Uh, from the Waco area. Uh, what is your thoughts on him and what's the latest you've heard on his situation? He was at LSU over the weekend. So he chose to go to LSU over the Texas spring game, which is one is tells you the recruitment's real, right? I mean, that's, I mean, guys like Daniel Cruz were at Texas again this weekend. And, and so it's easy to sit there and follow the visits and know Texas is a, is a heavy favorite for Daniel Cruz headed into June official visits. With Kobe Black, you know, look, I was told by somebody who's pretty close to that recruitment a couple of weeks ago today, and then was very much in the mix. It wasn't just Texas in-state. Um, but now LSU, they're starting to branch out and take those out-of-state visits. That's been the plan with Kobe Black talking to somebody close to that recruitment is, you know, A&M and Texas have had their shots. They like, they, they like a lot of things about both those programs. I think Texas may be a little out in front, but I don't think it's a lot versus A&M right now. Um, and then, you know, you're going to get out to – the, the LSUs, you want, they want to go out to USC. They may want to go out to Oregon. They want to get to Bama. Um, and you're going to see when these June visits start uh, being set up because he's going to be a December graduate. He wants to decide ideally before his senior year. So we're going to see when these June official visits get set up, who's really, really going to be in this thing. I think Texas and Texas A&M will get visits. I think LSU probably gets an official visit. The question is, does USC get one? Does Bama get one? Does Ohio State get one who's pushing as well? It'll be interesting to see who the out-of-state schools are. And I'm not really considering LSU out-of-state since they're really knocking on the door. It'll be those schools outside. But I think Texas has good relationships there. Um, but I do think he's, they're going to look at all the options and they're not going to shut this thing down anytime soon. It's going to be like most of these kids recruitment nowadays. It's going to be June official visits decision before senior year. So you think it, so this is a good question for you because I think that Texas has a little bit of an ace in it uh, up its sleeve in Jelani McDonald as a high school teammate that signed with Texas. And Trey Wisner. Yep. Yeah. And Trey Wisner. If those guys go to Austin and all of a sudden they're having a good time, that could change the 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 value proposition, right? That could change his mind. But you still think he's going to make a decision before those guys ever even really get to Austin? Yeah, well, before they play a game. I think he'll make a decision in July, you know, August, before his senior season starts. So, uh, you know, obviously uh, McDonald and Trey get down there in June. Uh, but, you know, Kobe knows guys on the – he's a, he knows guys on the Texas team already. Um, and, look, it, it'll be interesting, you know, to see because – the one thing that Texas may have to fight at cornerback is Malik Muhammad looked good in the spring game. Terrence Brooks continues to look good. Gavin Holmes is not a senior. So if you're a kid from Texas, Texas has to do a good job recruiting those kids, convincing them that they have a shot to play early because on the surface, that might be an issue Texas is dealing with a little bit there. All right. I want to say uh, somebody mentioned this one, and I need to go ahead and put this in, up in front because I got to – I did not remember Jaden Alexis as well was uh, hit the transfer portal on Saturday. 
Uh, but that's a good one. I don't know if that puts Texas at 84 or 85. I think they still may be at 85. I'm not sure on that. I don't don't uh, don't take me uh, for 100 percent either way on that. But uh, anyways, they're in the mid 80s and they've got to be very cognizant of who goes and who comes right now. They don't have a lot of wiggle room with that overall 85 scholarship number right now. Hey, hey, by the way, by the way, did you think five years ago we'd ever be talking about a kid going in the portal before spring game than he plays in the spring game? I mean, it's the, it's crazy where college sports is at now. Hey, I'm out of here, but I'm going to suit up and play today before I get out of here. But I'm, it's going to be announced that I'm out of here before the game. But I, I will say this, and we talked about this, people the people on the staff, I'm told, yeah, really, really – felt for the guy because this is a guy that probably would have seen some time in years past, but had a knee injury and has struggled getting over that. I mean, his, his rehab was a full year and a half. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't the six to nine month variety. And people that don't know Jaden Alexis, here's what I can tell you. He was the student body president his senior year. I mean, that's pretty big time stuff. He was at Monarch high down in South Florida, unbelievable kid. He is going to be so successful. And like you said, he had a, he was doing well before his knee injury. Like he would have been a guy that I think would have played some at Texas for all, all four years. Uh, but he had a significant knee injury and you, and you wish him the best of luck, but he's going to be successful, whatever he does that I can bet on. Okay. Um, Nick yeah. V is asking this one and, and Jerry, you and I talked about this. Are y'all surprised Jordan Hudson, the receiver from, from Garland entered the portal. It seemed like he flashed a lot. You mentioned he played in the national championship game. Whoever gets him is adding a solid player. I think whoever adds him may be adding a solid player, but his upside is more than just yeah. solid. I think he's an NFL player one day if he does it right. I mean, look, these kids still have to go do it. It's a different world. They're making a lot of money, so they really have to be locked in on football. Uh, he had the best hands in the state two years ago. I think he has better hands than anybody this year. The guy's got special set of mitts, um, and he's a physical kid. It's interesting. I was driving back from the spring game Saturday, and I got a call from a – head coach, a college head coach um, who I've known a long time and said, I'm hearing two guys from that at TCU team are going to jump at the portal and don't be surprised if they don't end up at SMU. And we'll see where they end up. But that the coaching world knew this was coming, which was interesting because that's just how where we're at nowadays. I mean, it, it, that's where we're at. And I know SMU is where Hudson was committed to before uh, Sonny Dykes and, and samples and Carrington and all those guys got together over in Fort Worth. Right. Um, so will Arizona state get a visit? Maybe, but I think SMU is going to be hard to beat as of right now. Got it. Uh, let's go uh, to uh, the next one, Blake. I want you to take this one. Uh, good question here. All right, David Williams, Texas needs four good defensive tackles that can rotate each series. I'm hopeful Trill Carter, Alfred Collins can replace Coburn and Moro Ojomo. I hope that uh, Vern Broughton, Aaron Bryant, Sadir Mitchell can play also. Y'all's thoughts? I This is what we went over the very start, right, Jerry? Yep. Now, I think they want, Texas wants a six-man rotation, ideally, with four guys who play the bulk of those snaps. Then you bring along the Sadir Mitchell uh, as a freshman, get him, get his feet wet. You know, maybe Aaron Bryant plays. I think the interesting one, Vernon Broughton, uh, Trill Carter coming in is probably not the best news for him, right? I mean, because Trill Carter is going to play because he's better against the run than Vernon is. And Alfred Collins and Byron Murphy are the disruptors. And Vernon's not better than those guys are in that role. So suddenly 
that was probably not a great move for Vernon snaps on the surface. Maybe it brings out the best in him. We'll see. But on the surface, the four guys you're going to be playing the most snaps are going to be Sweat, Trill Carter, Alfred Collins, Byron Murphy. Um, and then will it be Broton? Will it be Sadir Mitchell? Sadir Mitchell's going to play. I don't see him redshirting. Um, he's going to stand up against the run. Uh, and Aaron Bryant showing signs, right? So I think Vernon Broton was – that one was a tough one for him, and we'll see if it brings out the best in him. But I think they have a four-solid man rotation. Now it's going to come down to who's five and six. All right. Uh, speaking with Blake Monroe and Jerry Hamilton of Inside Texas, this is on Texas Football's Tuesday night live stream. We talk each and every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Central Time uh, for an hour here. And we're taking your questions right now, so please get them in the queue uh, we've got uh, room for uh, several more at this point in time. I want to go back to this one because this is an interesting one to me uh, from Sam. Yeah. Will Sark hire an offense, offensive and or defensive analyst? And the answer is yes. Um, at one point, he was really close to hiring some folks. And then he took a took a back seat because he was getting ready for spring spring ball, had to take care of some recruiting stuff. Now he's dealing with the portal. I think this comes into play uh, probably in the month, late May, early June for him. Y'all agree with that timing wise? Yeah. Yeah, I do. And I don't know direction it's going right now. I have no clue. Yeah, we haven't checked on that hard, have we, Jerry? No. no. Yeah, I don't think so either. I want to ask this question because I think it's a good one. Uh, David uh, Williams just got another one answered, but I thought this was good. Blake, I'm interested in your uh, thought process here. I think Maurice Blackwell is the best option talent wise to replace DeMarvian Overshone. Unfortunately, he hasn't been physically developed enough to weigh what he needs to in order to play linebacker. That was by his own choice is my only issue with that statement because he wanted to go at safety rather than linebacker as a true freshman. And so he dropped weight only to gain weight a year later. <laughs> um, and it, it is what it is. I mean, Here's the reality. DeMarvia and Overshone wanted to be a safety too. So let's not forget that. I mean, he, that's where he started. So it's not like, you know, you need to, to point fingers here. Uh, but the reality of it is, is that they've got to figure out um, where these guys can play. I love the play that he made on the sideline uh, on a quick pass to the mm -hmm. flat. I mean, he covered that really well. If they are playing a team that goes four wides, I would play Maurice Blackwell every day and twice on Sunday because he covers the flat. He's a sure tackler. He's good in space. Um, I like him. The only issue that I would say, or the only caveat to that is, does he, is he as good a pass rusher as a guy like Anthony Hill, who may give you a little bit more burst in that regard? All right, let's keep it going here. Get uh, some more questions that you guys have got. Thank you very much for everybody. Hey, Bob, that. can I throw a question to Blake before the next question? Yeah, absolutely. Because, because David made me think about this. Blake, I want to know what your thoughts. So a lot of people stand, were in the stands, but you're still a long way away from the players, right? You mm -hmm. see what they look like in uniform. What were your thoughts on how big Texas looked going through, taking your son through the autograph line? Mm -hmm. I mean, Texas now looks like an SEC team, right? Yeah, that's one thing that really stood out to me. And even my 10-year-old mentioned right. it, <laughs> you know. So, I mean, it, it, and he's just starstruck and, you know, how 10-year-olds are anyway. I mean, they're all over the place. So, for him to even notice it, I think speaks volumes 
because uh, that was he was like, Dad, look how big some of these guys are. And he wasn't and, and it wasn't just linemen, you know, like he wasn't just talking about offensive tackles or anything. I mean, he was talking about, you know, how conditioned they looked. And I mean, yeah, it really did. It stood out. And even some of the early enrollees, especially, I thought uh, I was kind of blown away by how some of them looked. Yep. They're big. They're they are a bigger team than they've been since early Mac Brown. And I yep. mean, really early when they had Leonard Davis and Mike I, I think Leonard yep. was just a year in Mike Williams, Casey, Derek, yeah. I, Derek Dockery. Y'all remember him? Holy oh, yeah. cow. With Don <laughs> Rogers, all those guys. Yep. Those big humans. Right. So, yep. all right. Um, let's talking about all those guys. I think this is a good segue for Travis Newgard's question. What's our prediction for starting interior offensive line? I'll 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 take this. I'll start for you guys. I'll take Jake Majors at center. You guys go next. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's hard to unseat guys who started 13 games, and we're all we're always going to say that, right? Um, I thought it was really good experience for Neto and Cam. I thought um, I love if you watched it back, Bobby. It was interesting because Cam is used to pulling at tackle at a different angle than guard. And he's got to get a lot more flat if he's going to pull at guard, right? He kind of rounded those off. And, and I think that was a couple issues in the run game when he pulled. But I thought it was great experience for those guys. And a lot of this is going to come down to, look, this was the first spring for Neto, for Cam, for Kelvin Banks even, but outside of Hudson who wasn't taking part in the spring. A lot of this is going to come down to what do they look like now in August? Because this was a big spring for those guys since they weren't early enrollees and they got limited time on the field last year other than special teams. So this was their first real taste to me on a day-to-day basis. Um, and then the question is going to be, where does Hayden Connor play? Do they keep him at guard? Does he compete at center? He didn't look bad at backups at second-team center. So I think a lot of it's going to come down to where does Hayden Connor play next year? If he doesn't play, st- stay at guard, then obviously you're going to have a new starter at one of the guards. But now DJ Campbell, I was told, was really coming on until the wrist injury, which I think Bobby's going to keep him out a couple of months. So the question is, the answer to the question is, I don't know yet. <laughs> and I think I think trying to figure that out is impossible uh, because you don't have all the pieces of information. How well is Cole Hudson's rehab going? You know, we know that we hear behind the scenes it's going well, but until he gets popped – you really, really don't know. Unfortunately, that's just the way it goes. Cam Williams, uh, you know, Neto Umiozulu, very, very talented players. We did not get to see Hayden Connor at guard in the spring game because he was working second team center. Um, and so I, I just feel like uh, Texas is blessed to be in the situation they're in right now, uh, for sure. But they've worked to get themselves there. Uh, and I think, you know, you just got to wait and see. The best has to come out, right? And you, you see what happens. I don't think you have to rush into that decision either uh, because I don't think you can right now, given the health of a couple of those key guys. All right. Um, I, I wanted to take this one personally, guys. Great question, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Has the spring game made you more or less concerned about the rushing offense? Um, More. I mean, I, I don't – it was not effective. It was not consistent. Uh, one of my big things about uh, the running game for Texas over the last couple of years, even with Bijan and Roshan, it hasn't always been a consistent run game. That's largely been because of the offensive line. 
I'm certainly not because of the running backs. So, you know, that being said, I was expecting more from those guys when you have guys like Christian Jones and Kelvin Banks at, at, at tackle. The problem was, is that the interior of the offensive line was other than Jake majors was all young. And so Byron Murphy, Alfred Collins, uh, Tavondre sweat, when they decided that this, they were going to win those one-on-one matchups, the, the run game went nowhere other than one run that, that, uh, Jaden Blue broke where uh, Ethan Burke didn't really collapse the hole from the backside. Mm-hmm. Wasn't violent enough on that uh, fit. Uh, the the run game was just, you know, there wasn't a lot of, but I, I will say this, Texas may have a top two or three run game in the big 12 next year. And, and still, I'm still a little bit more concerned, but that also tells me that Texas is probably going to be pretty good against the run overall. Right. That was my take. So I had three thought, three quick thoughts on it. One, I think Texas D-line is really good up, up front uh, on the interior. I think Byron Murphy's a 10-year NFL player, the way he's going. I think Savandre Sweat's going to play in the NFL. I think if Alfred Collins keeps his light on, he's going to be a drafted guy higher than people think. So I think they have – the young guards are going against three should-be NFL players. Two, young running backs. I mean, Cedric Baxter's a very good player. He had one run where he could get outside the tackles, realistically. And then you're getting used to those holes pinching and you got to make those decisions. Those cutbacks aren't the same. Three, Bijan makes an average block look great because he can the guy, the great backs who don't need a, a hole, they don't need a play blocked, will always mask offensive line issues, right? And so Texas lost a legitimate great player at that position. Um, you don't have to have a play block for him to get eight yards. Um, so I thought it was threefold, but I'm a little more concerned um, just because you'd like to see a couple of creases. I mean, Savion Red maybe had one. Um, Jaden Blue had one because, like you said, Ethan didn't pinch down on that or, or fit well enough, but uh, physically enough. But uh, there weren't enough creases for me to, like, jump up and down. Yeah, I, I, I felt like – I felt like maybe Cedric Baxter was still learning too. Mm-hmm. He was a little hesitant, uh, which by this time I would have liked to seen. Uh, boy, Savion Red runs with a swagger that I wish we all had. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he runs like a guy that played at Grand Prairie who had to get every single yard to get five wins against the playoffs, right? I mean, that's what he looks like. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, let's go to this one. What is the two deep from uh, Pooh? What does the two deep at safety look like after our two late recruits arrive in June? I think this could depend on what happens in the portal too. Not necessarily guys coming, but possibly guys going. Because I thought, man, I and I, I'll just say this: I thought B.J. Allen looked really, really good to me. Um, he looked like a true freshman, which he is still. He's going to be a sophomore, a redshirt freshman next year. That is starting to figure things out. Um, he needs a year more of seasoning, in my opinion. If he stays around, I, I'm not, not, I'm not so sure he wasn't the second most natural safety on the field on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, that's just a feel for that. Blake, what did you see there? Yeah, I'm with you on Allen. Uh, he was one that I actually made a note about that impressed me. But for this question, I, I think you're right with attrition. But also, once again, Catalan's health. I mean, that's going to play a major role in, in what it's going to look like for sure. So it's kind of an unknown at the moment. You, you know what I like about this question is because we get to throw something out. 
Derek Williams is the most physically gifted safety at Texas the moment he steps on campus, and they don't have to force him into action. They get to bring him along at a good pace for his development. I think that's a sign for where Texas is at. I'm not saying they have great depth as far as players go, but I'd say they have enough depth where him and Warren Roberson can be brought along slowly and don't really have to be thrown to the fire. Got it. Um, let's go to this because I think, I think this all fits in a little bit with what we're talking about. Um, and this is a question that talks a little bit deeper about running back. Uh, Cameron Parker, what's your RB rotation look like game five and six? Um, I think Jonathan Brooks, if healthy, is the guy. Uh, that that I would say because while Jaden Blue had did some nice things, uh, Savion Red I thought did some really nice things given that he was on the team with less. Right. He, he didn't have the first team line. Uh, I felt like Cedric Baxter was a little timid. Uh, first real college action. Um I, I just felt like – I feel like Jonathan Brooks, you know what you get there, and then you have Keelan Robinson that you know what you get. So you have those two, and I'm, I I would say Sed Baxter and, and Savion Red because they both have a fit. Um, so I, that's that's where I would look. If Now, if it had to be an every down back, that's where Jaden Blue actually might beat everybody else uh, other than Jonathan Brooks out because it looks like – he might be have a chance to be an every down guy, right? I, I don't know. I mean, that's a that's a good question. I think it's a deep one because it's not easy outside of John Brooks, in my opinion. I, I think the I think an interesting uh, this part of that discussion is Jonathan Brooks is a starter. He has the most experience. He plays when the defense is fresh. You bring in set a freshman Cedric Baxter when you think those team the other teams bringing in their second rotation guys, right? I mean, I think there's some thought in all that as you get a guy like Cedric Baxter, his feet wet, and Savion Red's feet wet as a running back at Power 5 level. So I think Jonathan Brooks is your starter. He's the guy you take against that first-team defense when they're fresh. Then I think you bring those rotation guys in when, the, when those defensive lines are rotating a little bit more. Uh, so maybe those guys get a little bit more crease, a little bit more action. All right, Jerry, we got to ask you this question because it's a basketball one, and, and I think it's a fair one um, because – it hasn't been a great start uh, in the recruiting portal, but at the same time, it's a timing thing. Uh, they were in the midst of a run, hopefully to that the hurts. final four, got the elite eight. They got a, they got a week behind everybody else in recruiting yes. week and a half. Even a guy like Baylor, Baylor had a chance to, not only did they Baylor know that they were going to need somebody, they found, they located somebody and were able to start recruiting them. Whereas Texas had to wait for Arteria Morris to go into the portal. So J-Dub asked, Jerry, how bad is this start for uh, Rodney Terry? Strong NIL and unlimited playing time doesn't seem to be enough to, for him to build any momentum at this time. There's a lot of le holes left to fill. Well, so let's be uh, clear about I agree with you, Bobby. And that's a college basketball coaches. That's a gripe of theirs right now is that the portal should not be open during the tournament. Because there is a certain level of unfair if it's like you're penalized for playing, right? And I'm I'm sure Hurley's national title celebration, he doesn't really give an S, right? He's <laughs> celebrating a national title. But for everybody else, I mean, yeah, it, yours a disadvantage. But so more to the question, though, is I think pe people have to just kind of remain a little calm. They've only missed on two guys. 
And I think people see all these guys going places that it's put out Texas had contact with these guys. That's a lot different than pursuing guys. The portal is about making a call. Or is this kid a fit? If you rule him out that he's not a fit after the call and a couple of calls about him that when you learn about him, that's not a miss. They've had two guys they wanted that went elsewhere, but they are still 0 for 2 now on those guys. So they have to come through. Um, but they're in a process. I think more guys are going to jump in the portal. They have until May 11th to jump in the portal, which that's still almost a month away. Um, I think you have to be a, some level of patience here, but at the same time, you're probably getting a little tense. Um, but you do have to remain patient because what you don't want to do is take players just to take players and it's bad fits. I, I, that's the one thing I, I will say they're on the right track on. Now they just have to close out some of the guys they see as the, as the correct fits. And the reality is you look at a guy like Max Abbas, that's not an easy recruitment. I don't care. You know, if you just say, well, it's Kansas state and Texas, he's from Dallas. Why would he go to not, why would he go to Kansas state? Well, they just lost a dynamic little point guard. Right. Um, so, and Jerome Tang went to the Elite Eight, no different than Texas, right? I mean, so, and Tang has been recruiting in Texas for 25 years, just like Rodney Terry. So those situations are similar. Um, the, the the big on campus from Virginia right now, Caden Shedder, his last visit's Duke, April 29th, 30th. He has Missouri and then he has Xavier. I mean, so these are recruiting battles um, that Texas is in. I mean, they're real battles. I mean, they lost out on Jaden Nunn. Well, Scott Drew won a national title. People forget it's been three years ago. I mean, they put a lot of guards in the NBA um, during that time, and they have something to sell there as well. But getting in behind uh, ha has hurt Texas a little bit on a kid like Nunn. Now, Reese Waters, he just decided he wanted to stay in California. He went to San Diego State over UCLA. UCLA didn't even expect that one. But Texas needs to close on some guys. Uh, but the key is to, for Texas fans to remember, just because they had contact with a guy doesn't mean they wanted the guy. If you don't bring, if you don't get to the that process of where you're talking about bringing a kid in for a visit, then that's not really a miss. But they need to hit on some guys down the stretch. All right. This one comes from uh, Tyler Justice. Uh, more yards and touchdowns this year. AD or Worthy? And can y'all see two 1,000-yard receivers possibly? Jerry, you or me? I, I'll, I'll answer it first. I, to me, there was a, Eric Nolene put a question on Inside Texas, kind of predict Quinn Ewers passing yards, TDs, and interceptions. And there was a lot of responses. It was a great conversation over on Inside Texas. My response was, I want to know how well Texas runs the ball. <laughs> because how well they run the ball is going to dictate how many pass attempts Quinn has. And then you're going to get into how many yards these receivers are going to have. I think the ideal world for Steve Sarkeesian with A.D. Mitchell coming in and they are coming back and two talented freshmen mixing in is maybe Xavier Worthy has the same amount of touchdowns without as many catches and yards. Jatavion Sanders is a better player, maybe without as many receptions, because A.D. Mitchell will eat into those. Um, I think A.D. Mitchell's a great red zone target. So I, if he doesn't have 10 touchdowns, I'll be surprised this year. But And that could eat into Xavier Worthy's touchdowns. So will they have 2,000-yard receivers? Not if they run the ball well. <laughs> if they There'll don't be more touchdowns well. to go around without Bijan and Roshan maybe, though. Right. Right. Yeah. Texas quarterbacks threw 21 touchdown passes last year, and then Worthy had one. That was 22. Um, so is that number get to 27, 28 this year? Potentially, because they're not going to run for 29 touchdowns this year without Bijan and Roshan. Right. That's kind of where I'm at. Um, I could definitely see two thousand, 1,000-yard receivers. It, the, the one that threw me, somebody asked a couple weeks back whether they could have three 1,000-yard receivers. And that, I think, would be a tall order for anybody to get to. Uh, but I definitely could see two, and I would think that they were most likely be 
the two you mentioned, A.D. Mitchell and Xavier Worthy at this point, based on based on what we've seen uh, thus far. All right, we need to say thanks to our sponsor. That's Energy Texas. Uh, if you're looking for a new energy provider uh, in the state of Texas, that is from the state of Texas, uh, try energytexas.com. When you call Energy Texas, you're not calling back east. You're not calling overseas. You're calling individuals in the state of Texas uh, that try to get electricity done right for you. That's www.energytexas.com. We've got time for a few more questions tonight. Uh, we're going to take a, a few of them here and uh, see what we can do with them. I'm trying to scroll through as I, I get going. So please realize that uh, there's quite a few in here that I may or may not get to uh, get to tonight. But uh, let's keep going here. And I'm going to go here, Jerry. I want to know, is there a five-star center in the 2024 recruiting class? I'm thinking football, not basketball. And if it's football, it's Daniel Cruz, who, I, you know, I we watch, me and, me and uh, Justin Wells watched film of him Again, the young man from from Richland, and he plays guard, he plays tackle, plays up and down the line of scrimmage. If he's not a five star at center, there's not going to be a five star at center in football. They may be asking Correct. about basketball. Yeah, well, yeah, he may be asking about basketball. Basketball, uh, not one really that Texas is in on. They're in on Asa Newell, who's a five star power forward out of Montverde Academies from Fort Walton Beach, but. Center, uh, I don't see one right now. And this is what I tell people about that. If there's a true five-star center, those guys are going to go pro. I mean, I, the, the days of these guys going to college is getting less and less. Um, I think that's the one thing that um, basketball fans have to kind of be aware of. It's going to be a more developmental from the high school level big, especially those 6'9", 6'10 guys. Um, I mean, the, the best of the best, they're not going to college. There's just, it's just not going to happen in the future. Got it. Uh, another good question here. How many commits will Texas have on July one? Yeah. This is a question that we've been going back and forth with guys, because it, it doesn't, it, first of all, Texas is having it's the majority of its recruits this off season in, in the month of June for official visits. We've been reporting on this at inside Texas. Uh, there's already a list up and running, I think of guys that have got visits set, so please take a look at Inside Texas for a full list. Um, but how many of you think? How many guys do you think domino by that July one time frame? Do you are you thinking two or three more? Are you thinking ten more, Jerry? You know, I think um, July. You know, you don't have the Arch Manning effect last year. Remember, Bobby, when we cut like nine videos in eight hours <laughs> that weekend when four offensive linemen committed? I don't think you're going to have that effect now. Um, I would think by mid-July, I mean, by July 1, maybe three, four guys, maybe five max. Um, but I, I think mid-July mid is when you're going to see a lot of, a lot of the guys um, really in these recruitments and make their announcements. And you got to remember this, too. The difference is most kids like to kind of have their own day, or even college coaches like to space it out. I think last year was the different year because Arch committed two days before the big visit weekend, and there was a FOMO, you know. It was a FOMO event on offense. I don't think that's going to happen this year. Yeah, got it. All right, uh, guys, thank you all so much for tonight. Jerry Hamilton, Inside Texas, Blake Monroe, Bobby Burton. Uh, thank you all so much for joining us. We've enjoyed it uh, each and every week. You can find us here every Tuesday. Tomorrow it will be the state of the program with Eric Nalene. Uh, like and subscribe to this video, uh, and you'll get more videos like it into your inbox uh, from YouTube 
as well. Also, I want to let you know uh, we're starting to take new advertisers. Uh, we've got the, the season coming up. Please uh, email on Texas football at gmail.com if you're interested in advertising on Texas football or at Inside Texas itself. All right, for Jerry Hamilton and Blake Monroe, I'm Bobby Burton. Thanks for having a good night with us. Hook them. <laughs>